the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Russia and Britain trade verbal shots over Ukraine. We've been concerned and have been warning about exactly these kind of tactics uh, for weeks. Uh, and we've talked about that, uh, that publicly, uh, that uh, Russia would try to, uh, in some way, uh, topple or replace, uh, replace the government. There's some closure in the Gabby Petito story. Brian Laundrie admitted killing his girlfriend Gabby Petito in a notebook found near his body in a Florida swamp in November. Ohio might be the key to ending the chip shortage. This is a truly historic investment in America, in American workers. This is the Daybreak Insider Podcast, your first look at today's top stories for Monday, January 24th. I'm Mike Scott. Russia rejects a British claim that it's seeking to replace Ukraine's government. Meanwhile, the U.S. again warns Moscow against invading the country. Correspondent Julie Walker reports. Secretary of State Anthony Blinken says while he won't comment on British intelligence reports, it is part of the Russian playbook. We've been concerned and have been warning about exactly these kind of tactics uh, for weeks. Uh, and we've talked about that, uh, that publicly, uh, that uh, Russia would try to, uh, in some way, uh, topple or replace, uh, replace the government. He says the U.S. is putting in writing its concerns and ideas for the way forward for Russia to engage with Ukraine and preparing for various outcomes. You build up your defense, you build up your deterrence on the one hand, you engage in diplomacy and dialogue on the other. Uh, that's the way uh, that uh, I think it makes the most sense to carry this forward. Ultimately, we've given right. Russia two paths. It has to choose. Blinken made his comments on NBC's Meet the Press. I'm Julie Walker. Two years since the unprecedented Wuhan lockdown, China continues to face pressures because of its handling of the virus as it prepares to host the Winter Olympic Games. Correspondent Naomi Shannon reports. Sunday marks two years since the day that Chinese state media announced the unprecedented lockdown of Wuhan in an attempt to halt the spread of COVID-19. Since then, China has had a zero-tolerance policy. In Beijing, two million residents were ordered Sunday to undergo mass testing as the country prepares to host the Winter Olympic Games. But the government's handling and response to the virus has been strongly criticized by many from the start. In an open letter to President Xi Jinping, Wuhan resident Zhang Hai, who lost his father to coronavirus, in January 2020, called for compensation and for responsible officials to be punished. Zhang, who has faced harassment and arrest for speaking out on the issue, believes the WHO's investigation into the origins of the virus was rushed. I'm Naomi Shannon. A wildfire in California's Big Sur region has led to evacuations. Correspondent Jennifer King reports. Officials shut down California's famed Coastal Highway 1 in both directions south of Carmel, a wildfire that started in the steep Palo Colorado Canyon northeast and inland of the Big Sur Lighthouse spread towards the sea, driven by high winds. Monterey County officials ordered evacuations from the sparsely populated area late Friday night. Photos by an AP photographer and video taken by local residents showed flames covering the hillsides near the Rocky Creek Bridge. A shelter has been set up by the Red Cross at a local middle school. The evacuations came on the same day that Vice President Kamala Harris was 
Rose in San Bernardino taking an aerial tour of wildfire damage and spotlighting hundreds of millions of federal dollars directed to California for disaster relief. I'm Jennifer King. The FBI reveals Brian Laundrie admitted killing Gabby Petito in a notebook. Correspondent Mike Gracia reports. The FBI announced Friday Brian Laundrie admitted killing his girlfriend Gabby Petito in a notebook found near his body in a Florida swamp in November. Laundrie had been the prime suspect in Petito's death. The 22-year-old Petito and 23-year-old Laundrie were on a cross-country van trip last summer, documenting their travels on Instagram. On August 12th, they were stopped by police near Moab, Utah, after a 911 caller reported seeing the couple outside their van and a man slapping a girl. Laundry returned alone to Florida in early September and went missing shortly thereafter. Petito's body was found September 19th near Grand Teton National Park. A coroner determined Petito died of blunt force injuries to the head and neck with manual strangulation. Medical examiners determined Laundry died of a self-inflicted gunshot wound. I'm Mike Gracia. Rules instituted by House Democrats requiring lawmakers to wear masks at the Capitol are being routinely sidestepped by Republicans, underscoring the partisan divide in the House when it comes to the coronavirus. More on this from correspondent Bernie Bennett. Republicans and Democrats for much of the pandemic have strongly disagreed over what rules should be instituted to keep the Capitol and the public at large safe. Republicans on the House Intelligence Committee this week refused to comply with a request from Chairman Adam Schiff for all members to get tested for COVID-19 before attending a scheduled briefing on Iran. Committee ranking Republican Michael Turner of Ohio made a point on Wednesday of announcing at the weekly GOP leadership press conference that he and other members of the panel wouldn't agree to get tested before the closed-door briefing set for the next day. Bernie Bennett in Washington. President Biden is planning a shift in focus this year, but not a major change in direction. White House correspondent Greg Clugston reports. As he begins his second year in office, the president hopes to deliver on a scaled-down agenda ahead of the midterm elections in November. Mr. Biden isn't signaling a major shift in direction, but he plans to travel the country more this year, speaking directly to Americans, and spend less time hammering out legislative details with lawmakers. The president closed out his first year with low approval ratings for his handling of the pandemic and the economy. Greg Clugston, Washington. At a news conference on Friday, White House Press Secretary Jen Psaki was asked the administration's response to a federal judge blocking the COVID-19 vaccination requirement for federal workers. 98 percent of federal workers are vaccinated. Uh, That is a remarkable number. Uh, I would point you to the Department of Justice on any next steps as this news, it sounds like, just broke. Uh, But obviously we, we are confident in our legal authority here. CDC Director Dr. Rochelle Walensky says virus cases are dropping, but that's not a cause to ease mitigation measures. We still are at um, extraordinarily high levels of disease in almost all of the places, in, in, even in areas where cases are starting to come down, um, places that can, we are still recommending um, public indoor masking. Again, cases are still well higher than the threshold to start thinking about uh, taking off some of those measures. Leaders of the Arizona Democratic Party have voted to censure Democrat Senator Kirsten Sinema. Bob Agnew reports. 
Sinema is now paying a price for standing on her principles and opposing her party's effort to weaken the Senate filibuster. The move has no practical consequences, but does serve as a symbolic condemnation for a woman who just three years ago brought the party an Arizona Senate seat for the first time in a generation. Several groups are already collecting money for an eventual primary challenge against Sinema, even though she won't be on the ballot until 2024. Bob Agnew reporting. The family of an Amazon delivery driver who died last month when a tornado collapsed on an Amazon warehouse in southern Illinois has filed a wrongful death lawsuit. Correspondent Jeremy House has more on the story. The Madison County action on behalf of 26-year-old Austin McEwen claims that Amazon failed to warn employees of dangerous weather or provide safe shelter before a tornado slammed the Edwardsville facility on December 10th, killing McEwen and five others. McEwen's parents, Randy and Alice McEwen, alleged that Amazon administrators knew severe weather was imminent but didn't have an emergency plan or evacuate employees from the fulfillment center. The McEwens are asking for more than $50,000 from each of the four defendants named in the suit, including Amazon.com, the construction company that built the facility, and the project's developer. Jeremy House reporting. Netflix with another quarter of disappointing subscriber growth last year. It's a trend that management foresees continuing into the new year as tougher competition is undercutting the video streaming leader. The company added 8.3 million worldwide subscribers during the October-December period, about 200,000 fewer than management had forecast. Netflix predicted subscriber growth well below analysts' estimates for the first three months of this year, too. John Scott reporting. Correspondent Tim McGuire says a major chip manufacturer is bringing part of its operation back to the U.S. Intel is building plants in the Columbus, Ohio area. President Biden. This is a truly historic investment in America and American workers. The global shortage of semiconductors has led to supply chain problems around the world and shortages of products from cell phones to cars, trucks and more. Intel CEO Patrick Gelsinger. This initial investment is $20 billion, the single largest private sector investment in Ohio history. And we plan to continue to grow this presence. One facility would build processors for Intel, another chips designed by other firms. The idea is to not only reduce supply problems, but also bolster national security and bring more tech jobs to the region. Construction is expected to begin this year. Production online by the end of 2025. I'm Tim McGuire. A major automaker cuts back on production. Japan's Toyota Motors says it must slow down production at up to 12 of its plants in Japan due to surging COVID infections. Toyota says the illnesses are impacting its own workers as well as employees at its parts suppliers and distributors. The slowdowns are likely to impact the company's projected 2022 total of 47,000 vehicles. That's correspondent Keith Peters reporting. The U.S. Navy's oldest commissioned warship has an historic new commander. Correspondent Ron DeRoxtra has that story. For the first time in its 224-year history, the USS Constitution has a woman at the helm. 39-year-old Commander Billy Farrell, an 18-year naval veteran, is the 77th commander of the National Treasure moored at Boston's Charlestown Navy Yard. 
The three-masted frigate got its nickname during the War of 1812 when British cannonballs bounced off its hull during battle. The Constitution is the oldest commissioned warship in the world and was actively defending the sea lanes undefeated between 1797 until 1855. Rhonda Rockster reporting. And finally, correspondent Jason Walker has a little something if you're about to pop the question. You can give your spouse-to-be a diamond that is literally out of this world. That is, if you have an extra, say, seven million bucks just laying around the house. Sotheby's Dubai auctioning a 555-carat black diamond, one believed to have come from outer space. The gem was shown off this week in Dubai and later in Los Angeles. It will be auctioned off next month in London. Sotheby's says it could bring at least $6.8 million. Jason Walker reporting. Subscribe to the Daybreak Insider Podcast at Apple or Google Podcast, Spotify, or SalemPodcastNetwork.com. Get our companion Daybreak Insider newsletter each morning at DaybreakInsider.com. Ongoing coverage of breaking news and commentary at SRNNews.com and TownHall.com. Thanks for starting your day with us. I'm Mike Scott. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.